Nice to have you with us here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. It's the icon, it's Lou, And the Short Side Option is back on the airwaves again, once again, folks. The premier K-State sports podcast coming right to you now as we talk to you about Jerome Tate being named the next head man of uh, K-State men basketball. And, uh, you know, Dell, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think this is something we're both really excited about. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to talk about Jerome Tang. But first, I think it, it, if there's taking a look at uh, the LSU-Kansas State Oh, football. yeah, it, you know, it, it, we had we didn't have a chance to cover that. Yeah, the uh, Cats got it done on the gridiron, took out LSU 42-20 to in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Of course, Skylar Thompson had a big game, 200, damn near 260 yards. Deuce getting done on the ground for uh, about 150. And Philip Brooks, the best in the world. Uh, five receptions for 69 yards. So yeah, so, I mean, th- that's really important to note, too, because if if you haven't had a chance to, to connect with us, or maybe if you've been in a coma here for the last three and a half months, uh, it gives you kind of the full, the two biggest stories here out at, well, the, Adrian Martinez coming to K-State. I mean, yeah. that, that's pretty big news. Uh, the uh, Scorpion getting Scorp- canned by Forrest Taylor. Yeah, that that uh, that was too bad, you know, that it had to end kind of that way for Bruce. But uh, you know, hey, we're on we're on to what new things here for Kansas State, and uh, Jerome Tang is, is the man. He's going to be the twenty fifth head men's basketball coach at Kansas State, and the introductory press conference comes to you live on Thursday. I believe I saw it at noon. It'll be on ESPN Plus for you uh, folks that are wanting to tune in, or heck, if you're in Manhattan or. Don't have anything else better to do on Thursday. You can just go on in and watch it yourself free of charge. That's so, right. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, let's just go ahead and and uh, and kind of talk a little bit about Jerome Tang here. So Yeah, talk a little bit about Jerome Tang. If you, if you didn't know anything about Jerome Tang before this, this is, this is fine. We're going to get you up to speed on him. Yeah. And Jerome Tang... Has been the longtime assistant coach uh, at at, uh, at 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 the University of Baylor, right hand man of Scott Drews. He's been there for twenty years, nearly nineteen years. Uh, he, he just completed his nineteenth year down in Waco, and you have to remember from from where um, from where Baylor started at under Scott Drew, after all of the mess that took place under Dave Bliss. Uh, which you know included a murder. Yeah, it included covering up a murder, uh, a, pl- a player murdering uh, another player. It, it just a, it was a you know a tragic scene down there in Waco, and uh, not only to to uh, to take that program and get them moving in a po- positive direction, but uh, to becoming the premier uh, basketball team in the Big Twelve Conference, uh, being culminated last year with a national title. Uh, you know the the job that that Jerome Tang or that Scott Drew. I mean, you got to give Scott Drew obviously the most credit here, but uh, Jerome Tang right there with them uh, throughout the entirety of, of that journey. So this is a guy who's, I mean, it's second to none in terms of familiarity uh, of the conference. He's been around in, in the league for for as long as anyone. Yeah, I mean, um, he's been. I mean, he was. Probably here when like Wooly was here at K State. Yeah, definitely. Um, Scott Drew. I, I mean, I would. I know Dollar Bill got. Uh, he got 
was the head coach there. I guess that would have been 04 was would have been his first year. I believe Scott Drew might have been there a year before. Um, so I mean, r- right around the same time. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's uh, ultimately uh, what it looks like there. But yeah, I mean, the guy's been in the in the league for for obviously a long time. Now, before we started recording, Icon, you asked me if I read the uh, piece about how uh, Jerome Tang came to be hired at Baylor. Yeah, I had not. I know, I know the story's out there and it's circulating a little bit. People say it's a crazy story. It why is. Why don't you, uh, for the uninitiated and myself, why don't you uh, go a little bit into that story about uh, how Tang and Drew got linked up? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll, and we'll for sure link uh, the article uh, that the institution, D. Scott Fritchin, uh, Q&A uh, with, with Jerome Tang that was really, really great uh, to go through and read, but... You know, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. I'll just give them the, the Spark Notes version. You can read all the details yourself. But uh, I, but uh, Jerome Tang was a uh, a coach down at uh, I want to say it was called uh, Charter Heritage or Heritage Charter uh, School down in Houston, Texas. And uh, one of the players that uh, was was Scott Drew's uh, first recruit, uh, Mamadou Dien. Uh, was one of was, was a guy from Africa that was uh, not, he didn't go to uh, Char- Heritage Charter, but he had gone to um, uh, but he had he had some teammates that uh, that were from there, and he he was friends with some guys on the team, and he was trying to get uh, get he was trying to get back to Africa, and he was having to stay with Jerome Tang for a little bit, I believe is how the story went. Anyway, Scott Drew got involved with uh, Jerome Tang and said, "Hey, man, I'm really impressed by you." Like. With the program that you're that you're running here at at uh, Heritage, I think it's Heritage Christian uh, Academy. Uh, you know, really impressed with the program you're running here, and um, you know, I I'd kind of like to hire you. And he said, "Well, yeah, you know, I I Jerome Tang at this point is is obviously like kind of." A gas here. I mean, getting offered a, a power five head coaching job uh, from going from the high school ranks, um, assistant coaching job. Yeah, assistant coaching job, brother. Excuse me. And um, you know, he he says, "Well, coach, you know, I gotta be honest with you. I don't have a, a college degree. You know, and then that's bit, you know, obviously a sticking point because there are some of those qualifications that you need to have to to become a coach or whatever the case is." And he said, "Well, hey, let me tell you, if you go ahead and um, you, uh, I want to. I was gonna think about Scott. Drew was gonna think about. It. He was gonna go back and forth, and then he called his dad. He said, "Hey, I met this guy, and I really like him. But you know, there are just a couple things like I, I, I just don't know him. I've only known him for like two days. But I think he's cool. But I think he's. But I think he might be the right guy for me. Yeah. And then he's like, well, and then his dad, who is uh, Homer Drew, famous Valparaiso coach, of course, uh, says, well, you know what you need to do is you need to go down and visit him. And, and have dinner at his home. Because when you have dinner with a man at his home, that tells you everything you need to know about a man. That's right. And he goes down there, and they have some leftover ribs that they pull out of the fridge because that's all they have in their fridge, the, the Tangs do. And he offers them the job, and uh, the rest is history. So, I mean, that, that's kind of... he's got a big, fat national championship. He state. does. And if you see that thing, it, it needs its own zip code, I think. Yeah. Uh, that thing is... is is phenomenal. So Jerome Tang, uh, you know, life uh, or a longtime assistant here.
for Baylor, helping that program really ascend, not only just into the the premier uh, basketball team in the conference, but one of the premier basketball programs in the entire country uh, here over the last several years. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year, of course, winning their first national title. They've been knocking on the door, though. A couple of lead eights uh, in years past, but now uh, really a force to be reckoned with on a on a year-in, year-out basis, and large part due to, to what Jerome Tank's done to that program. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a fascinating story, and, uh, you know, Tang just seems like a guy who's kind of sat and learned uh, and been a part of an enormously successful build, and, mm-hmm. you know, it stands on its own now. It's like yeah, said, like no the question. In the country. And uh, to have a guy who is ready to go out and kind of leave the nest, so to speak, and do so in a place that's familiar in, familiar enough in the Big 12, um, I think it's a good opportunity for both parties to kind of take that next step to kind of ascend both their statuses. Well, and, and the thing, too, about Jerome Ting is he's had opportunities, whether if it's been, you know, a few years ago to get up maybe to the to a mid-major level or, or probably within the last several years to, to, get, up, to get another high-major uh, uh, head coaching job. He certainly had those opportunities, but right time, right fit, and you know he his patience has paid off in Delaney, one of the best jobs in the Big Twelve uh, here at Kansas State. Yeah, and you know there was a lot of questions about how good the K State job is, especially right now. And you know, as you think about it, it's got to be kind of an attractive spot. Oh, no question. Back, I mean, and you have the benefit of hindsight that K-State, I think, made a great hire here, and you go back and kind of try to dis- dissect it. You think, okay, K-State, they've certainly had success over the last 10 years. I mean, there's certainly been some highs, but the last, you know, three years have been yep. pretty uh, dismal K-State, and you, you know, you see it on the, re- in the results in the win-loss column. You see it looking around the octagon at Doom, where attendance has really plummeted. Um, and you get the feeling that you know, I, I don't know whether it's fair to call it a sleeping giant, but it's certainly a sleeping pretty good program. Yeah. Um, a program that can go out and win the Big 12 and make some noise in the tournament. Um, it's been proven over the last 15 years or so. Um, and so I could see why it would be attractive for Tang to come in and, and CK State as a program that's going to have realistic expectations, that can have, um, you know, enormous success uh, given the right circumstances. And you come in and you say, yeah, this is going to be familiar recruiting territory. And uh, he knows the Big 12. And so I think it's uh, it's a match that makes a lot of sense. Well, and, and let, me just, let me just say something here. You can win big at Kansas State. It's happened before, and it will happen again. And what the biggest thing is with that, you see the facilities standpoint. The facilities from where they were 20 years ago when – when uh, when Bob Huggins is, well, he's not quite, that's more about 15 years ago, but 20 years ago, uh, K-State basketball is probably about as, as low as it's been in, in a long time. Uh, now, these last three years, as you mentioned, have been tough, no question about it, but the facilities are there. The, the um, investments, I think, in, in basketball is there. And the other thing, too, you know, even with, I think what has also kind of helped K-State out in this in this uh, situation is even with Bruce having those three pretty 
pretty rough years. It's not a job that's going to run you off. They're going to be patient with you. And I think that that also makes it appear uh, appear as a better, you know, as a favorable to a, a potential candidate. Is they're saying, we're not just going to cut bait at the first sign of... Yeah. Like, I mean, take, for example, Missouri this year. They fire uh, Conzo Martin. Probably the right decision. Last year, he had him in the top 25 pretty much all, all the entire season. And then the next year, he, he loses a lot of that experience... And, and they, they part ways. So, you know, with that being said, uh, it, it's a it, it's something that I think K-State's loyalty to the coaches sometimes can be criticized, I think, uh, here in, in a couple different varieties. But uh, I think for a potential candidate, that's another thing that makes it attractive. Right. And you look at the roster, just the mm-hmm. ability sure. to win immediately. And, and you look at programs like uh, Oklahoma this year especially Iowa State. Texas Tech. Yeah. And, well, I'm just talking about snappy, like, immediate oh, yeah. like, turnaround. I mean, Texas Tech essentially has a brand new roster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think uh, you look at the pieces K-State has, and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of holes on this roster, but sure. I think it's next year, assuming everybody hangs around, it's going to be one of the best backcourts uh, in the conference. Um. And you look and you say, okay, well, piece here, piece there. We could we could make some noise pretty fast because we have one of the best players in the conference. Yep, uh, you have a, you have a, a very possible. I mean, definitely a, a preseason all um, Big Twelve first teamer with Nigel Pack. Maybe even the Big Twelve preseason player of the year. Could I mean, be. it could possibly very possibly be. Uh, but yes, your your point is is well taken. I mean, you see Iowa State going from two wins last year to the Sweet Sixteen now. Uh, certainly, you know what? Uh, it, it's certainly different than a football rebuild. Right. It, it can be it can be turned over and and have a very competitive team uh, just in a few weeks' time, really, um, in, in terms of how that that roster reconfiguration goes. So there's no question that it, it can be done quickly and. With K State, I think that there's a lot of potential there uh, to hit it big in the in the in the transfer portal. I think the biggest thing you have to worry about is keeping the parts that you want to have here uh, with Pack and Noel. All indications seem to be that they, that is that's trending that way. Uh, if so, that would be that would be the first uh, big win of the, the Jerome Tang era for sure. So, icon stylistically, yes. What? Do you have a sense of what we can expect in terms of, you know, the the philosophy? Of course, Bruce was big on, uh, you know, man to man, man to man defense, slow pace, and, and that's get, getting the motion offense running. So with, with Jerome Tang offensively, he he left a um, he he left a great quote, and we'll we'll link it all. Uh, of course, uh, when we when we post this podcast on our on our Twitter, uh, but he had a great quote here that I think perfectly describes what he wants to do offensively. He wants to, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, but he's saying, "Yeah, we want our best guys to be shooting the ball, and you know, not only do we want to have uh, just having guys that are open shooting the ball because sometimes an open shot's not really a good shot, you know, because sometimes you're open for a reason, yeah. right?" We want to get to a point where we've got five guys out there at all times that are threats offensively and that can shoot the ball, move the ball around, 
and, and play off each other. Uh, so I think if, if you're Nigel Pack or in Marquise Noel hearing that, you're saying, okay, there's going to be lots of shots for me out here, you know, because with, uh, with our strength uh, as guards here, uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to feed it to your best players there. Uh, in terms of what he wants to do defensively, uh, the biggest thing that I think goes under, and maybe maybe not so much to to the, the the guys that really follow what goes on in in the league, but Jerome Tang was really a big part in, in Baylor adopting that no middle defense, and that's you may have heard that term during the NCAA tournament or during. Conference basketball, you know, here in the Big Twelve, because there's several teams that that have adopted well, that's that. That's Mark play. Adams at Texas Tech. Yeah, exactly. Thing, right? So they. And so, tell I, me, so in a nutshell, explain to me what that is. So no middle defense is exactly how it sounds. Uh, you, you keep them to the baseline. You keep them to the baseline, which is you know if you if you're listening to this and you played. You know, high school, middle school basketball. You'd always hear your coach saying, "Don't let them go baseline." Well, this is—they're—they're they're inviting you to get a baseline, and then essentially what they're doing is they're helping, and then they're kind of playing one guy and kind of zone responsibility behind it. I'll, there's a great video that I, I'll, I'll also link to this. You're, you're making a lot of promises to link things. Hey, I—I've got them written down, big right. guy. Don't you worry. Don't you worry about me. All right, here on this, I—I've got it all under control here. Uh, D. Scott. No middle defense. We're getting it all taken care of <laughs> That's right. uh, here on the short side option. But really what it is, is it's a defensive philosophy that ha- has been very successful. You see it at Texas. You see it at Texas Tech. You see it at Baylor. And um, essentially, uh, Jerome Tang kind of stole it from Mark Adams and, and said, we see what you're doing here. Let's try and install it here at Baylor. And uh, it, him at uh, both uh, – uh, Jerome Tang and uh, Alvin Brooks, former K State assistant, uh, that that uh, joined the Scott Drew staff there at Baylor, uh, were, were big parts in that in getting that installed for uh, the Baylor Bears. And because previously, you know, they were kind of they always played kind of a weird, funky matchup zone that always was, you know, very daunting. Because they, when you think of some of those Baylor teams in the in the early mid two thousands. Yes. Length, length, Long length. Sons. Yes, very. I mean, they're you know they it wouldn't be uncommon to have them go six 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 eight seven foot across their across their final three guys on the back line, and that was that was tough to deal with. Uh, but now they play a much more solid, uh, you know, no middle man to man defense. And last year, the big part of that too was was how great their guards were defensively. Uh, this year, another strong year for Baylor. Uh, but injuries really, really kind of affected uh, what their what their full potential really was. Well, that uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, what other uh, high points for Jerome Tang do you uh, do you think K State fans ought to be aware of? So you know, and I, I lead off with I wanted just to highlight what he did with that no middle defense at Baylor, but. More than anything, kind of what he he's regarded as, I, I guess. If you had to had to um, had had to pinpoint one characteristic, is this is a guy that is a great leader. This is a guy that has the 
the full vision for what he wants to do as a program. And I would encourage uh, people, if they haven't already, uh, to give a look to, I think it's called Our Time Baylor Basketball on uh, ESPN+. Plus. It gives you a great look into that program. And uh, But though Jerome Tang, in terms of instilling a culture, for, for me, Baylor basketball, culture-wise, one of the top three programs behind uh, Villanova and Gonzaga. I don't think there's th- – those three have the best culture in college basketball. What he's going to be able to do to K-State is going to bring that same culture, and I think that's something that alone should get K-State fans very excited. Also in terms of that, uh, on, on a little bit of a separate page here, Jerome Tang is going to – he's going to be a, uh, a tireless recruiter. I mean, this guy is – this is a guy that's well-connected throughout the state of Texas, also down into Florida – K-State's had some success in Texas and Florida in the past. Uh, you know, depending on what the rest of that assistant coaching staff looks like, uh, they could be doing a lot of work down there in Texas and Florida. Uh, but, you know, I expect K-State to uh, be be tireless when it comes to recruiting high school uh, players and then obviously be, be very active in the portal uh, here in the coming weeks. Well, you talked a little bit earlier about uh... – Jerome Tang being a leader and having this great vision for K-State. And it's interesting you say that because uh, Gene Taylor, uh, that's something he really emphasized too. That yeah. Throughout this search, it was his, uh, that it was Jerome Tang's, uh, just really his presentation for his path forward for K-State basketball. It impressed Gene Taylor so much. And I want to talk about Gene here for a second. Yeah. Because you, I got to say, this is as impressed as I've ever been. Uh, with Gene Taylor in the way he conducted this search um, and ultimately landed on Jerome Tang because um, this was a big month for him. I mean, huge. It was huge. You know, for for the probably the last four weeks of K State season, it seemed like a bit of a foregone conclusion that Bruce was yeah. more or less yeah. done. I mean, after losing in Stillwater, yeah. you knew that it was going to be a tall task for K State to uh, get to the NCAA tournament. Of course, uh, the regular season um, ended uh, pretty poorly for K-State. And at that point, Gene had to know that he was going to have some work to do. Takes care of uh, canning Bruce. Yep. um, Which, you know, you and I broke our hearts. But... It did. It did. I was down the dumpster a little bit. But it had to be be done. And and Gene took care of that. Pretty, and then, pretty gracefully too. Yeah, for the most things part. considered. Yeah. Um, you know, getting a divorce after that amount of time that Bruce was here is, is never easy. But nonetheless, um, and then Gene had to deal with the big challenge of going on a coaching search when the uh, unanimous Grand Slam option, Brad Underwood, mm-hmm. uh, was yep. going to be really, really, really hard to attain. Yep. And so. Uh, you know, but everybody, but he was the guy. He was the guy that would have been the absolute home run for K State. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I thought, okay, Gene's gonna do some kind of a passive week uh, attempt to get uh, Brad, and then we're gonna just move on somewhere else. Not unlike our the Venable situation back in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I think those are fairly uh, sure. analogous. And so, uh, my understanding is that 
K-State made a very aggressive play for Brad. Um, and who knows how much of this is hearsay and this and that. But my understanding is that they made some very aggressive offers for him. It didn't pan out. But it, in that, it was always a long shot. Yeah, but I think, and I think that's I think that's first and foremost what you have to what you have to realize is it it, it, it always is a long shot uh, of going out and hiring another uh, not 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 just hiring another Power Five coach but hiring a Power Five coach that is making a ton of money and has a huge buyout right I mean, and that's I, always just even if he is a K State guy even if you do have the money uh, you know in tow or or to make a substantial offer. Uh, there's still a lot of unwinding that, that that has to get get done with something like that. And even aside from the money, a guy who's yeah. the current Big Ten champion yeah. and is at a basketball first school. Sure. Um, and well, not, State's a basketball first. Yeah, school. not for nothing, but a. Uh, and you can speak intelligently on this <laughs> with your background. Oh yeah. Well, I, I spent mean, years in Champaign. You did. I, I've been to State you, Farm Arena at least twice. <laughs> you you have you have a deep tie to, to basketball throughout Central Illinois. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, so, but my point in all this is, is that, okay, you, you swing and miss at your first option. And for him to have that contingency plan, Jerome Tang, which is such a lights out hire. I mean, I, at this point, who knows if it's actually going to work out. Well. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, but yeah. at this point, it's, Universally regarded as a very good hire for K State. At least yeah. everything I've read. Absolutely. And to have that in your back pocket after striking out on Brad, I mean, that's just, and for it to happen so quickly, I, I just, I think this is one of the smoothest, least chaotic coaching searches uh, that I can remember K State uh, going through um, for either either of the two big sports. And, and frankly, one of the best jobs. Of actually going out and dealing with the coaching search in a competent way that I can remember um, at, at all. Yeah, you know, I, hey, gotta be fair. Hats off to Gene here. Yeah, great, I mean, great job you, by Gene. Well, you and I, I won't speak for you, but I was dubious. That, oh, I okay. So go ahead. I'll let you finish. Well, I, I you know, the the way the climbing search panned out, which with all the latrell noise, too much. I don't think anybody quite knows the full story of that, or at least if they do, they're above my pay grade. But the way that went, it just seemed like Gene was going to hire somebody from the Fargo Supper Club. Yeah. Whether it was going to be Darian DeFries or the South Dakota State guy or... Just some some guy that's at, some, at a low major yeah. school. Not even a mid-major school or a sitting Power 5 or Power 5 assistant, but doing something... Easy and cheap. Yeah. But, I, mean, but, I, and I don't know if I want to put words in your mouth on that. No, not at all. Yeah. But it's, it's my understanding of this search is that Gene went out, got funding to make aggressive offers at the guy at the very tippy top of our board, and it didn't work out for whatever reason. And so and then he went and hired some great assistant. Um, and for Jerome Tang to be the backup plan and for this all to happen – like he said, he wanted it done. What he said, he wanted, he wanted it done, but done by the final four. Yeah, and so, which I don't necessarily get the time frame necessarily. I I, I don't think that I would have ne- if, if I was you. I don't know if I would have necessarily put a time frame on it necessarily. But 
that that was probably where the hire was going to get sooner, done at before anyway. And sooner the better. Yeah. Um, just because now we can get tour staff together. Yeah. Get, and and, and recruit and recruit. Yeah. You know the K State players. Um, but no, hats off, hats off to Forrest Taylor. He's not yeah. Gene Taylor. He's anymore. Forrest is gone. Yeah. Gene or Gene is gone. Forrest is here to stay. It was never Gene. It was never Gene. It was always Forrest. That's right. Uh, so the thing is too, going back is, is no, I totally agree with you. Um, on, I feel like he's not, I feel like people aren't really talking about it, about Gene enough here. It's because he, it's, and I'll also say this too, like Brad Underwood, top 10 highest paid coach Mm -hmm. right now in college basketball, I'm Pretty sure making a little over four and a four and a, like four point one a year, four point two a year, somewhere in that. Yeah, period. I think I I looked at his contract last week. I think he was like at four point one this year. He's going to be at four point one or thereabouts again next year. Then he starts escalating. Yeah, and, and you know what? I I think Brad will have success in Illinois. Uh, I think that um, I think he might be looking for a new job within about five years, if I was to guess. Because I don't think he's a guy that typically likes to wait or to sit around too much. He seems like a bit of a rolling stone, doesn't he? And you know what? Hey, power to him, but I, I don't I, I feel very good about where Jerome Tang is and and obviously getting Brad back, I, I I'm not going to say that, that would have been really special. I mean, just to have have a, have one of your have one of your own. Coaching, coaching your team, but uh, at the end of the day, for me, I think Jerome Tang is is as good of a fit as it gets. I I mean I, I think in terms of like what you say, Brad's at the tippy top of the list. Like I don't think that there's hardly any no. Separation. I don't know that there's a lot of daylight. There, there there's not much separation between Jerome Tang and Brad Underwood in my eyes. Uh, but and that really the reason why I love Jerome Tang so much is because I am an absolute gigantic fan of that Baylor program. I know you are. And I I love everything they're about. I love everything about it. Uh, I think that this could not have gone any better for K-State. Like, I, I honestly, I it's not a, it's not an A, it's an A plus. For wow, me. wow. So, um, I can't wait for Thursday to get to, uh, to get to hear Jerome Tang's uh, first uh, interaction here with the media, at least you know, in in K State colors. I know with uh, some of the media has, has probably had some interaction with him before, uh, just from his, his time here in the Big Twelve. But uh, you're going to get an energetic guy, an enthusiastic guy. If you haven't already seen uh, a lot of his comments uh, throughout uh, throughout the last you know 24 to 48 hours, uh, you, it'll it'll definitely come through on Thursday. Uh, this is a guy that's going to. Uh, to be very exciting to uh, to watch here because it sounds like he's not going to be wasting a whole lot of a lot of time in, in hitting the ground running here, uh, getting uh, getting some new guys in here for Kansas State. Yeah, and you know, just as somebody who wasn't as familiar with Jerome Tang before all this started, and somebody who hasn't been uh, following Baylor quite as closely as you have, I, I have to say that you know, just in the initial press releases, the the videos he's been putting out on Twitter, this and that. He seems like you just get the feeling that this is going to be uh, a much more a guy who's much more engaged with the fan base and has a more uh, 
collaborative uh, approach with the fan base. Sure. It, you know, you can... The obvious comparison is Bruce. because yeah, we, just we, the most recent guy here. And yeah. through, even from, obviously, from the first day of his first press conference, it was always kind of an antagonistic, uh, divided feel among the fan base, uh, whether you're pro-Bruce, anti-Bruce. Uh, Bruce's relationship with the fan base has always felt like a, a bit disconnected. Um, and part of that's, you know, the fan base's fault, and part of that's, you know, that Bruce just doesn't quite have that, you know, insane charisma mm-hmm. that sure. uh, some other people do. And But I do think Jerome Tang has it, just based on my very limited... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's very charismatic. Um, you know, you're going to see in the press conference and from the fallout after that with with uh, further just, you know, breakouts and one-on-ones uh, from that, you're going to see the, this guy's personality. Because, I mean, everything that he also, in terms of, uh, in just in terms of who he is and how he acts, it's all on his sleeve. There, yeah. There's no, there's no, no facade, no anything like that. He's, uh, what you see is what you get, which is, is super refreshing too. Uh, just in, 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 in dealing with anybody. Uh, and Jerome Tang, uh, he's got a great personality to share. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. It seems like it's a new day for K-State basketball, a new era, um, and hopefully he can uh, go through that transition gracefully and, and retain the guys he needs to retain, hire a good staff, and um, bring some transfers to uh, get K-State in a position to win next year. Yeah, because, and we talked about it earlier, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be a three-year build to you know, get back to the postseason. It, it, it can be a three-week build. Uh, to where you, you, you get the necessary guys to come back, you get the necessary uh, additions in the transfer portal, and away you go. I mean, to build a, to build a, a, a very competitive and NCAA tournament uh, contending team it can, can be done very quickly. Now, I also want to temper that and say, like, it's not just a snap of the finger and this team should be in the NCAA tournament. They're... There can be some growing pains with it, but you've seen with teams in the in this league just this year, Texas Tech, um, preseason picks kind of lowered a middle part of the conference. Sweet sixteen team, three yeah. seed, Iowa State won two games last year. Some way they're in the Sweet Sixteen, uh, which is a team that I think K State might have been better than this 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 yeah. entire year. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, that's that's the way the way the ball bounces. Uh, you, you can see how quickly it, it can happen. So that that the expectations uh, for Jerome Tang in year one, uh, I think I think a realistic expectation is to get to the NCAA tournament. I don't think that that would be um, outside of of the uh, the realm. Now, granted, there is going to be some adjustment period, uh, learning a new defensive system, uh, doing things differently on offense. You know, having some new guys potentially get in the fold, gelling together, that all takes some time to mesh. So it, it's it's. Uh, but I think one thing that's going to be a huge, huge, huge benefit for Jerome Tang, experience in the league. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that's been in the league now for you know twenty years essentially. Uh, he he knows every team. He's played them twice for the last ten years essentially. Uh, I think that's a huge benefit that, that is maybe even getting uh, you know lost in, in the shuffle here a little bit. 
Yeah, and that's a huge leg up over a guy like Grant McCasland. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. In speaking of Grant McCasland, obviously another name you saw, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the mix, and you saw this out of a few of the names in the mix. It's, I think, the only assistant coach that was ever even really, uh, you know, on the board for K State was Jerome Tang. Yeah. Obviously, Eric Pastrana, I think, was thrown around. Yeah, too. I think those were were all real. You know, outside shots. Jerome Tang was the only real assistant coach that I think had any sort of legitimate chance at this at, at the job at Kansas State. What do you make of the advantage or lack of advantage of being a head coach and actually being the guy where the buck stops here? And and how important you think that is when you're hiring a basketball coach at a Power Five spot relative to sure. a guy like Tang who's you know, here's a here's a comparison. I'm gonna go off on a little go go for here. it, Del. But I've been stumping for Kale Gundy. Yeah, at Oklahoma, he was yeah. he was there under Bob Stoops for mm-hmm. years and years. He was there under Lincoln Riley for years and years. I don't I don't know if he's still there now. I think he's still there now. But um, I've been stumping for him. I thought KU should have hired him when they made the Les Miles hire. I thought that was a guy that made a lot of sense for him. And so that's just a comparison is yeah a, a comparison there. Kale Gundy, I, I really like him. I think somebody ought to hire him if he wants to go be a head coach someday. But you as agent. <laughs> I'd love to be. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. Um, that gig. <laughs> but so what, what do you make of it in terms of basketball, whether yeah. how big of a difference that makes? So from going from an assistant to to being a head coach at a high major, like like Kansas State, because um, you've seen the ends of it. Yeah, you you were on the staff at K State. Yes, I was. And so was. so you see it firsthand in terms of practices, yeah. games. So really, what? How big of a step is that from a role that uh, so, Tang had? So from what Tang has, not a huge step, because he's been around for so long. Now, like if you had a guy like Shane Southwell. That now his first head coach. I'm just using Shane as sure. a, as an example. Someone who's been an assistant coach now for you know three four years. Um, their first head coaching job would not be at Kansas State. It would be at. I, I'm I'm even struggling. I, I I would almost say someplace like a St. Peter's. We'll just use them for example. UMKC. UMKC, uh, a low major uh, school. Where you're you're learning on the job, kind of a little bit as as a head coach, but you're young, you're, you're cheap, you know, too, which also is helpful for those schools. And you're cutting your teeth out there, kind of learning on the job in terms of of, of head coaching. I mean, so with Jerome Tang now, let's take him for example. Because of where he has been at, and having been at at Baylor for you know 19 years, and uh, Having that experience in the Big Twelve, and he was selective throughout his process uh, of going through, uh, you know, what a, a potential head coaching job might look like for him in the future. But with his experience, he's seen one of the, he's been the, the right hand man for one of the best coaches in college basketball over the last ten years every day. Yeah. Uh, so that being that being that it is Jerome Tang as the head coach. I don't have a huge, 
I don't have a huge worry about the lack of head coaching experience. And I did say this, you know, if K-State, I thought if if they go young, and, you know, some of the names that were being thrown around early on were like names like Kim English, you know, who, who's who's a head coach at George Mason now, former Mizzou player, known as a dynamite recruiter. He's uh, always been kind of a friendly Person to K State, yeah, Dating sure. Back to the Frank Martin days, yeah, and you know all that, and I thought it, you know if that would be the way, and I know, and I never thought he'd be a serious candidate, but if that was the way, if that that archetype was the was the uh, was what K State was going to go after, young, either young assistant uh, or young first, like maybe a. a Second year head coach from a a, a low major level or mid major level that's going to uh, come up and coach at the high major level. Uh, I thought that it would be imperative to get somebody with head coaching experience on that staff. For Jerome Tang, I don't really feel that that's necessary. Sure. So he's I, he's been around the block long enough that he knows. How and, to... and and not only has he been around the block long enough, he's learned from the best. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I have a, a ton of respect for Scott Drew, and uh, you know in some of Scott Drew's comments about Jerome Tang, uh, I think he knows that he is 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 more than ready to uh, to to take it on. And I'll be interested to see what that initial staff looks like. I, I I'm very excited to see uh, in, in terms of a staff uh, what Jerome Tang is able to put together. Because when you hear comments about Jerome Tang, to to every single comment I've heard. Have you heard one thing that's been negative? I mean, now granted, you're not going to hear people just trashing the hire typically. Oh, but from from in in the industry, not a negative word. Well, there were some negative words thrown around on Fog.net about. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, if I if I want uh, mindless dribble, I'll I, I'll know where to turn. That's right. You know. Um, anywho, Dell. Do you have anything that you'd like to? We're, we're. I don't know if there's much else we need to cover on Jerome Tang here as we as we kind of wrap it up here on the short side option. I think this episode of Talking Tang has uh, Talking Tang. Yeah, I like that. Has has been full of information. We we touched on uh, we touched on uh, Tax Act Texas Bowl. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Um, that was huge. We addressed. Scott looked really good in that game. That might, he have, been was, his, that might have been his best game at Kansas. He State. looked really sharp. Well, and you know what? You know who else, else looks sharp that game? Colin Klein. You got Colin Klein's next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, uh, we'll... It's still royal. And this is kind of... you hearing the pitter-patter of the rain outside, you know, makes me think of spring. Makes me think of the spring game, which Klein was so canceled. I love it. Definitely. I, you know, I posted about this a while back on KSO. I, I'm, I understand I'm one of, like, maybe the five people in, in the world that... Likes and looks forward to the spring game. No, I think you're underselling. I think a lot of people. Like I mean, whenever I would used to say that on there, people would be like, "Oh my god, you're such a loser," and yeah. it kind of hurt my feelings. Well, I mean, one of the most iconic plays in K State history happened this spring. Absolutely, the L. Roberson. Uh, no question about it. Like, and wouldn't that be fun if we could go out there and see, like, actually see Jake Rubley perform? Yeah, and see, like, you know, if there's anything there. Yeah. Um, see, see, two hundred eighty-five pound quarterback Will Howard out there. <laughs> yeah. Yokozuna, 
at, at quarterback. Oh, he's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I listen. What is he now? Like two forty or something? No, I listened to Climbin's uh, spring presser. Two forty five. Good grief! He's like Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, he's he's John Holcomb. <laughs> yeah, he's John Holcomb. Um, man, I still maintain John. We could have used John Holcomb last year. What if it interesting, man? I, that's a guy that that. Uh, and when I say last year, what I mean is twenty twenty. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That would have been something. Um, but good grief, Will. <laughs> he's. I mean, it almost feels like he's bulk up to play tight end. Well, I saw Jax put on some more weight too. Well, he's good, and now he's already one of our new running backs. Yeah, talk talk about yoga zero. He's yeah. bigger, and bigger, more powerful. Well, hey, you know. Clyman's got. I'm gonna lay off him a little bit. He, I, I gotta see something out of him though this year. You know, gotta, this is a big year. I I've said that. I gotta see nine wins this year. Yeah, it's a it's a very important year for. for I gotta see fun. it. I gotta see it. And you know the Mizzou game, September 10th, huge. It's two days before my birthday. Huge. Can't have can't be spoiled on that. Can't can't have it. But of course we'll. Uh, well, there will be plenty more talk about football here in. But I think I think the, in uh, to come. I think the table's set for the for the football uh, team this year. I think we got a lot of nice pieces uh, on offense. I think there's some there's a few holes on offense, but none that can't be fixed with a transfer or two. Yeah, and uh, I think you'll see. And that's something too that I'm going to be keeping. Oh, excuse me, keeping an eye on here uh, during the next. I mean, gosh, it seems like we got guys that transferred in well after spring ball. Um, well, hell, like Stubblefield didn't get show up until like seemingly August. like. Well, was it August? It seemed like it was like, it was like July, July or least, yeah, I mean. it was late in the summer. But uh, yeah, so I think you're gonna see some guys that'll probably you know. That's starting eleven on defense. I'm a little worried about stingy. I'm a little worried about some of the defensive backfield. I'm a little worried about the same. Yeah, we're position. thin. We're, we're a little thin back there, but. But, but I think we got a starting eleven. The it's Robinson the transfer from Mizzou should be serviceable, ish, maybe. Sure. I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, let's wrap it up here on thing. I just want I just want to give you maybe a chance to give any final thoughts real quick before we sign off. No, I just you know I, I think Tang's an excellent hire. I I think that the future at K State uh, basketball is very bright. But just want to reemphasize. I'm eating crow on Gene Taylor. I am too. Uh, I am too, 100%. He did a great job, uh, and I was extremely impressed with uh, how he conducted this search and had um, contingency plans when things didn't work out like maybe he'd hoped. And uh, I was certainly impressed by his uh, aggression towards uh, taking that swing for the top. Yeah, and you know the other thing too is, and I don't want to, I'm going to wrap up on Tang here, but I want to say one more thing about Brad Underwood and, and like you know like because it was like seemingly like starting back like in well not back in February but because the, the drum has been being beaten for a lot longer than just the last couple months uh, but for Brad Underwood like obviously there was a ton of enthusiasm for Brad and a ton of wanting to bring him back but like there's no like there's no hurt feelings that Brad isn't the coach now and, and, and Tang is there's no people saying, "Oh, this is bullshit." We should have had, we should have had Brad, and so we have Tate. Like everyone is seemingly a thousand percent on board with this. Yeah, yeah. And but I don't know that everybody would have been on board with it if, if it was Darian DeVries. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm with you there. And I'm so, there. and that, and to 
like I said, to Gene's credit, excellent job in um, being able to not put all your eggs in the Brad basket and, and still make a very yeah. aggressive pursuit of him and then um, come up with another guy who is right you know, there. A1, one A. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and you know what? I just want to go back and correct you real quick. It was never Gene. It was always Forrest. It was always Forrest. Yeah. It was always Forrest. Yeah, sometimes um, you can't see the forest for the trees. That's that's true. You know, when we were watching, when you, me, and my dad were watching that uh, that uh, OU Texas Tech game, and yeah, the two Grubbs brothers struck on home, he's like, it's two Grubbs of Forrest. That's right. That's <laughs> you know? very true. You have to, yeah, I, I think at that point you have to say it is. Yeah. Um, okay, final thoughts here for me on Tang. I want to echo what you said. Huge, huge uh, tip of the hat to uh, to Forrest. Uh, I'm going to be stocking up on some extra starch uh, here. Yeah, and you have to. I have to. I have have to, we talked about this on? I, I don't know box? if this is. I don't know if we busted down the wall on this yet. Yeah, but for those that don't know, uh, the icon and I are fairly certain that uh, Chris Kleiman irons. Uh, Gene Taylor's underpants. Yeah, and so now I have to because, now that because I'm eating my crow. Yeah, so and I'm 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 go get the apron. I'm washing and folding now, and you you're know? in charge of uh, folding and washing uh, Forrest's undergarments. <laughs> yeah, hey, I happen to Coach Kleiman has been hey, extra, extra extra starch, Mister Taylor. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's been a it's been a hundred percent great hire. By uh, by Forrest, I can't I can't give him enough credit on this one, and uh, K State fans, uh, I think you're gonna really like what you see here in the next uh, you know next couple days uh, in terms of of uh, Jerome Tang getting here to Kansas. But uh, not only are you gonna you're gonna love what you see in terms of you know his personality, his charisma, but in terms uh, of really truly the person he is, uh, second to none, uh, a great leader. And a guy that's going to instill winning culture uh, here for Kansas State basketball. So and very handsome, very devilishly handsome. Yeah, kind of almost kind of reminds me of myself in a lot. A of little ways. bit, you yeah. Know? Uh-huh. You know, I, he has got that certain Casanova, yeah, you know, bit to him, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you so, said it. Well, folks, that's going to do it here for this edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. We'll I'm, see you next week. I, I'm looking here at the time. <laughs> And we're under an hour for the first time maybe in program history. Wow. Should we just go another eight minutes just for... You know what I've been meaning to talk to you about? <laughs> you know, yeah, we'll, we'll let these folks get out here under an hour. But, uh, folks, thanks again for listening uh, to the Short Side Option Podcast. Thanks for listening. And go Cats! <laughs>